HR 6666. The devil is in the details of this contact tracing bill. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for May 18th, 2020. Jason Cousin, Owen and I, Eric Reiner, King Fisk, talk about a house bill that's not just the mark of the beast, plus another six, but is a gift to the deep state and the government to spy on people in the guise of tracking the infection rate of COVID-19. Have you ever wondered what would happen if your nosy neighbor and the town snitch had all the power of the federal government behind her? Wonder no more. Chuck Todd lies and distorted a quote from the current attorney general and keeps his job. What's going on with Spygate, Russiagate, or Obamagate? Thanks to the media's lack of reporting, we will never know the truth, and because of our partisan nature, we will never agree on the facts. The Fedora Chronicles is brought to you by our patrons on patreon.com slash Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to new episodes of the Federal Chronicles radio show with show notes, a peek behind the scenes, and more. Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles is where you can purchase t-shirts, coffee mugs, and more with our logos and slogans right on them. You can now listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple's iTunes, Player FM, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Google Play on Android devices. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have the Fedora Chronicles radio show on it, let us know and we'll fix it right away. On behalf of Jason Cousin and I, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Anyways, I thought we'd start off the show talking about the last episode, the Mother's Day special that we did. And um, yeah, yeah, it was amazing how it was just it was supposed to be just a little just a little special treat just from um, your mom, my wife, my aunt. And um, I'm, I'm amazed at the outpouring of love that this episode had received. We didn't even advertise it. And and we've literally got literally dozens upon dozens of, of listens to that episode that people really liked. And um, oh, nice. and it's like I asked somebody, <clears throat> what did you like about it? What was what was so great about that? And they said, oh, it was it was short. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a backhanded compliment. What did you like most about the episode? Didn't have to listen to you blather on for very long. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and and, and uh, in a couple of days. Um, and I can't believe this here, here, this, this, here, this is, this is happening live. I, I just looked at the calendar. <laughs> okay. I just looked at the calendar and I was just like thinking to myself, okay, so we're recording today on the 13th. Oh shit. My anniversary is in two days. <laughs> You're not supposed to admit things like that when we're recording. Oh, exactly. Like I just like. <laughs> You can actually hear the pitch in my voice go up a little because I'm just realizing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Well, the amazing thing about about this pandemic and all the quarantine orders that we've that we've had is that we've actually had to like reevaluate aspects of our lives that we thought that we would never actually have to think about, like genuinely think about like our relationships and where do we want to go to in our relationships? How do we want to make our relationships better? You're forced to deal with these issues. Yeah. You're literally forced to. So, um, if, if our, if our marriage was a child, um, it would be old enough to drink about how we ruined it, um, during its up upbringing. So it'd be old, you know, it's, it's 21 years. It's 21 years this Friday. Yeah. 
time flies. Time flies. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. For some reason, I thought it was later in the year. I thought it was it was in June. No, it was May. Nope, May. I just May. Yeah. May we? I believe you. I mean, yeah. you're probably going to remember your wedding better than I do. But yeah, that's 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 the that's the amazing thing. That's the amazing thing about everything that's that's been going on is that uh, um, just learning so much about myself and finding out what really annoys me. Like one of the things that really annoys me, and this is not—I did not mean to you talk about this on the podcast—is that mm-hmm. I've been talking to some people about. Um, you know, conspiracy theories. As a matter of fact, I'm actually going to be on somebody else's podcast tonight, uh, talking about um, the current state of conspiracy theories, and I'll, I'll I'll post the link to that episode later on. Um, but what really drives me crazy, Jay, is when people tell me what it is that I'm really thinking. Like when people say, "What you're really thinking is you don't know." You don't <laughs> yeah. know what I'm really thinking. How about this? I won't tell you what you think, and you don't tell me what I think. That's a How good, does that work? That's, that's, that, sounds, that sounds fantastic to me. That's a, that's a great idea. So um, which do we want to jump in, into first? Do we want to talk about HR 6666, or do we want to talk about Obamagate? Or did you have something else that you wanted to share first? Let's let's do HR six 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 because one of the things that I like is trying to keep track of what's going on in Congress. Right, there's literally hundreds of bills that get um, that get submitted into Congress on a on a weekly basis, not yep. really daily. Um, most of them never see the light of day. Yeah, um, never actually get discussed. Never actually go any further than submission. Yep. Um, but I do like keeping track of what the hell they're doing. Our elect officials right you'll notice i did not say leadership i said elected officials yep because they're not leaders they are a debate club yes they like to think <laughs> of themselves as leaders but they are not yep so hr 6666 is a bill that is currently sitting in the house um, I don't know if it has a sister one that has been submitted into the Senate yet. Right. But this is known as the where is it? The COVID nineteen testing and contract tracing using mobile health units. Yep. Or the testing reaching and contacting everyone acts. Right. Trace act. Yep. So this is a doozy. This is a this is a this is a big one. This is the one that has so many conspiracy theorists going crazy on the internet. Do you mind if I just right. do you mind if I just re- no, read the ahead. beginning here? Um, a bill to authorize the Secretary of Health and Human Services to award grants to eligible entries to conduct diagnostic testing for COVID nineteen and related activities such as contact tracing through mobile health units and as necessary as individuals residences for other purposes to be enacted by the state and house of representatives of the united states of america in congress in congress assembled the short title is this act may be cited as the covid 19 testing reaching and contacting everybody act or known as trace they really tried really 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 hard to figure out an acronym for trace yeah. um so i've read as much as i could in preparation to this and i'm trying to figure out what is what's the fuss about and you read the intro which we have linked on the show page 
I don't know if I have to send you the actual. I'm, I'm sure you're looking at the bill as well. Yep. Um, yep. And just so that anyone in the audience doesn't know that um, if you go to congress.gov, you can actually look up all of the bills that are in Congress. Yep. It's a lot easier if you know what the bill number is. Yes. Like but this you one. Can look them up. This is this is an easy one to remember because it's it's the mark of the beast plus six. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's HR six 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 six. Um, and all I want to know is what the hell There's were they thinking? There's nothing ominous about that at all. <laughs> what the what the hell were they thinking? Now the, the, you got to remember the bill number is just this is the six hundred or the six thousand six hundred sixty sixth bill that has been submitted in Congress. It's not, there's nothing ominous about that. It just, that's what happens to be the bill number. And I'm pretty sure congressmen are not keeping track of that. What are, as soon as somebody noticed the number, don't you think that would have been a good idea? We're, we're just going to skip this one. We're, we're just, we're just going to well, call I'm pretty it. Sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's no HR 666. Oh, I'm sure that you there know? is. I'm sure that there is. You can just well, look. Yeah, there is. But it's like, you know, probably something like, you know, little Timmy in... You know, East Alabama needs a, uh, you know, we're, or naming a bridge after him yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It's something really, really benign. They never give the heavy ones the 666 moniker. <laughs> Not on purpose anyway. But, exactly. But basically what this does is that it hands out grants for organizations combating COVID-19. And that's that's just basically it. That's right. It's. I mean, that's nominally what it does. However, however, the devil is in the details. Right. Now, one of the things that I'm aware of that people are saying is that um, this is a this bill is going to let people come into your houses and take your children. And no, that's, that's no. not what this does. It's not at all what this bill is intended to do. It's not what it authorizes the government to do. It is supposed to establish mobile health units. So, like, um, sometimes you see in the movies in other countries, they have, like, clinics that are in, like, a, basically a glorified um, RV. Right. That's what it is. It's just the creation of those, the payment of the personnel necessary to man those as well as the supplies to go in them and then they can go around and people can be tested right while they're being quarantined. exactly that's what it's that's what it's intended to do um of course like most things from congress it's cast kind of a wide net um my problem with this is not that they're going to come in my house and take my children my problem with this is there's just so much room in this for abuse. Exactly. It's such a wide, it's casting a very, very wide net. So right. Chances are it's going to do more than what it's intended to do. Right. It can be used in such a way to do that. Right. Uh, the biggest problem that I have with this and the entire aspect of, of the COVID prevention activities that they have um, is so-called contact tracing and yep. and this it's going to be it's hard for me to describe why this bothers me so much without getting a little personal um, I'm editing the episode that we had recorded earlier this week um, 
talking about how there are certain people who are abusing the quarantine and abusing um, the preventative measures to make sure that, the, that this does not spread. In the, in the last episode that I'm in the process of editing, we were talking about how there's a, a, an older woman who's a shut-in, essentially, because of this virus. She's, she's stuck at home, she's afraid. She doesn't want anybody to go to work anywhere ever again until they have a vaccine. Everybody has to stay home, regardless of the fact that um, people are going to start losing their homes, they're going to be evicted out of the apartments, their kids are going to be starving because they're not able to make any money. Yeah, that's just and that's just the way it is. People right. eventually have to within within certain provisions, people are going to have to start to go home and start making a living again. But people, but companies are going to actually have to take precautions. That's just that's just a fact. That's just the way it is. Right. And pardon the background and noise. That's fine. And the uh, um, the other thing that kind of bothers me about this this whole this bill in general is. Um, they use the acronym TRAIT. Yeah. And there is the conspiracy theorist part of me, considering that I live you know, less than 100 miles from a data center that was built up for the sole purpose of tracking everything everyone in the United States does. Exactly. That's what, yeah. Emails they send, the phone calls they make, all of that stuff. Right. So the fact that it's called TRAIT, there is, um, you know, there's been like Android. Google, Android, and Apple have an, have had announced at one point that they were going to create, develop applications on their cell phones to track where everyone is who has been diagnosed with COVID-19. Right. But, but you know, and, yeah, what, one of the things that I wanted to, because I didn't, I wanted to make sure that I, you know, I actually made the point. This, this woman who is a bit of a busybody who is an obnoxious busybody who wants to tell everybody how to live. She wants to uh, be trained on how to be a contact tracer. Now, if I, if I come down with COVID and she's our local contact tracer, am I going to tell her everything about everybody that I've ever seen everywhere I've ever gone, everybody that I've ever met over the past six weeks? Am I really going to tell her everything knowing full well that she's a bit of a snitch knowing foot no well, i mean because the thing is i've i have i have this history with this person and and it's and it's not good i don't know if i want to get into all the details about this but the thing no. but the simple fact of the matter is is that there are people who are like oh i can be a contact tracer oh and and and, and i can and i can get the dirt on everywhere where people are going I don't think they think of it that way, but that's essentially what they're doing. Maybe I'm being a little bit extra paranoid because of this one person in particular, but you can imagine that if somebody reads the job description on, on what it means to be a contact tracer, you, you know that's not good. Right, and that's there are certain personality types are definitely going to be more interested in applying for certain jobs, right? Like the whole priest that diddle kids thing. Right. Um, that's going to be a career path that people who have shall we say abnormal appetites yep. are going to be drawn to that because first of all, it puts them in closer contact with their preferred um, prey. Right. Seems kind of wrong, but yet accurate. Um, anyway, it's going to draw certain personality types. Yes. You know, 
So these these what you call them tracers contact contract contact contact tracers. Contact tracers. And that's I mean, first of all, that sounds ominous just right off the top of your head. Right. You know, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound like something from a dystopian future novel at all. Not at all. Not <laughs> at way, all. Shape or form. But yeah, I mean, people like that busybody are going to be more drawn to doing that. They may not in their minds actually think of it as, ooh, I get I get to have the power of the government as I, you know, stick my nose in other people's business. But right. that's essentially what we're doing. No, I totally you know, I totally think that that's exactly what she's thinking. Well, it may be. And if she is, she's, I would think, an exception to the rule because no one, I don't think, I think most people like to think of themselves as heroes, not as villains. And sticking your nose in other people's business is generally considered to be a negative thing in our society anyway. So I, I doubt she's thinking actively that, hey, this is going to give me a license to snoop. Yeah. But, you know, because she's thinking of herself, oh, yeah, I can do this great service for the community. And I know so much about people already anyway. I can be a great asset to that. You know what I mean? It's just more of the mental gymnastics that are involved with it. So. Oh, look at that. Ms. Wasserman Schultz is one of the sponsors. Hey, that's, that's, you're, you're, you're reading. I mean, the thing is, is that her name stood right out. And of course, she's one of the architects of stealing the election or the stealing the primary from Bernie Sanders during the 2016 primary season. Um, as described in full detail uh, in, in the book Hacks by Donna Brazil. Yeah. Um, I find it funny that Wasserman Schultz still has a job, but I, does uh, doesn't didn't Brazili lose her lose her job? Yeah, she did. Well, I think that she surrendered her job um, to uh, Tom Perez, who is now the head of the oh, DNC. Okay. Um, so Donna Brazil actually has a conscience, whereas Wasserman Schultz does not. Got it. Right, Got right, it. right. I think that for you to have a conscience, I think that you also have to have a soul. That that just, I mean, call me crazy. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not quite sure what the theological implications of that are, but uh, yeah, quite possibly. I mean, scientifically, soul doesn't right. exist. Right. Right. Um, musically speaking, it sure as hell does. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it. I see bills like this, and I can see the abuse right coming from them. I mean, think about it. These the the point of this bill is to have these mobile units that go around. So that you can be tested. Right. Right. But what else are they going to do? Tell me everywhere you've been for the past six weeks. Well, that's just it. It's not really any of their business, right? I can tell you in the past six weeks, I've left the state twice at least. Right. You know, why did I leave the state? Because I wanted to. Like, what, exactly. Any, you know, you had anything more than that's not really their business. It's the business of me and whoever I took out of the state and whoever I visited when I was in the other state. That's the only people's business it is. I want to read this thing from Washington Times. Keep in okay. mind, this, this is an opinion slash commentary. Okay. HR 6666, a devil of a Corona COVID-19 government surveillance plot. And this was written by uh, Cheryl K. Chumley. Washington Times, Tuesday, May 12, 2020. Analysis Opinion. A House resolution from Illinois Democrat Rep. Bobby Rush 
that would put big government in charge of tracking citizens' move movements as they relate to COVID-19 migration efforts, even sending health bureaucrats to, quote, individuals' residences, and, quote, as necessary, as the legislation states, has a most apt number, 6666, Mark of the Beast. Well, the Mark of the Beast only has three sixes, not four. Um, after six, you have to have three in order to have four. I mean, okay, all right, yeah, Jay, I mean, all right, kind of reaching, but <laughs> after all, what's more devilishly un-American than launching one of the most massive government surveillance programs of private citizens in the U.S. history, all under the guise of protecting people from the coronavirus? I, it's funny how I'm I'm reading it in my sarcastic voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the. Quote, COVID-19 testing, reaching, and contact, contacting everyone, Trace Act, in all of its 100 billion grant giveaway glory. According to the HR 666 text, taxpayers' funds will be used to trace and monitor the contacts of infected individuals and to support the quarantines of such contacts through mobile health units and, as necessary, at citizens' residences. That means the government can come to your home, tap on your door, and demand you take a COVID-19 test. And if you test positive, that means the government can make sure you stay at home. How? Good question. Good unanswered question. Chillingly, good, chillingly unclear question. The top dogs at the Health and Human Services at the Center of the Disease Control and Prevention are in control of dis dispersing the $100 billion to local governments to carry out the COVID-19 testing, more specifically to, quote, hire, train, compensate, and pay the expenses of individuals to staff mobile health units and knock on citizens' doors and to enforce compliance with quarantine. That's from the Washington Times. Not exactly the most conservative bastion of journalism, I think. That's a, comment yeah. that's a, that's a commentator from the Washington Times saying... Listen, Not this the Washington Post. Washington Post is considered to be right-leaning. Right. This is the Washington Times. It does make you wonder. I mean, when <laughs> you know, when people on both sides of the aisle are looking at something, going, "Wait a minute, wait a minute," that's when you kind of go, "All right, all right, there's something here." What people are saying is that the most dangerous part about this is that this is this is this is a surveillance program program yeah. one of the most comprehensive surveillance programs this is on top of the fact that they're already using facebook instagram twitter social media to track you or they can use it to track where you've been no 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 they do okay they can if they, they want to they, have, they can no, if they, they absolutely do okay there's, there's no there is no question I'm serious. There is no question about that. They have a data center that is 63 miles from where I'm sitting right now, whose sole purpose is to do that very thing. They track your location using Twitter, using your check-in on your mobile phone. If you have check-in enabled on your mobile phone, yep. they know exactly where you are. They can use that information um, as long as your cell phone company is willing to share it or your phone manufacturer is willing to share it. The government can physically track where you are at any given moment and they can they can determine 
how to how to phrase this. They can determine your threat level, shall yep. we say? Yeah. By they can read every email you send because email everyone forgets this. Email is a postcard. Anyone who grabs that postcard can read what it says. Email is not a secure form of communication. It is not like a sealed envelope that you send in the mail, regardless of what graphics they use yep. to represent it. It is a postcard you send in the mail. If your letter carrier comes across a postcard, they can read on the back and see what it says. If there is a picture included on that postcard, they can open it up or not open it up. They can just turn over, turn, turn over the postcard and look at the picture that's on the back. Yep. Email is not a secured form of communication unless you're paying to have secure email communications, in which case it's encrypted. And then, yes, it's more like being in an envelope. But generally speaking, email is not that way. Same thing with text messages. Any text messages you send are exactly the same. Same thing with phone conversations that you have over the Internet, over VoIP, voice over IP, like any this of one. that. That's like you and I right now. Yeah, like this one. Yeah, this is unsecured communications on your cell phone. It's unsecured communication. If someone has the right frequency and they're able to read and intercept that signal as it's being sent from cell tower to cell tower, they can under, they can listen in on whatever it is you're saying. That doesn't even require a warrant because it's just basically you're setting up ears and you're sitting next to now, theoretically, if they are doing it as part of an investigation, that does require a warrant. But the fact of the matter remains is they're recording it right now. They have the data. Right. So a warrant is not so that they can gather the data. A warrant in that case is just so they can look at what they already have. And God knows we put everything out on the Internet anyway. Oh, yeah. Like a, f a fine example. Um, one of our favorite Chinese restaurants is closing because yeah. there it's not enough business. And Carol had told me that like, you know, we'll be eating there for the last time. We'll be taking takeout for the last time tonight. And it's really sad and I'm trying hard. I'm, I'm trying to be a man about this and not get upset about it because they're good people who work there. Um, yeah. And I went on Facebook to read the news and all of my Facebook friends who've been there in the past six months have quote checked in there. I can I can tell you all of the friends that I have on Facebook who have been there. And how is that my business? How how is how is that my business? And unless now, it comes up in conversation, it really isn't your really? business. Really, it's none of your business whether they've eaten there or not, unless they choose to tell you. Exactly. Um, and I'm but I mean here I am. I'm 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 telling people on a podcast. I'll be going there for the last night time tonight. I'm giving away information. The, but the idea that we're going to have busybodies have the ability to access that information to help COVID tracing, contact tracing for COVID. And there are people, there are people here in this town that have no business working for the government and knowing everywhere that I've been. Now, it's not that I don't have anything to hide because I can tell you exactly where I've been for the past six weeks. Go to work, go to the grocery store, go to the um, uh, the 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 animal feed and garden supply center, work and home. I've basically been going to the same four places for the past six weeks or three months. But the idea that you're going to have somebody knocking at my door and demanding to know 
everybody that I have spoken to, everybody that I've come well, into contact with. They're, yeah. they're only going to, theoretically, according to this bill, in theory, they're only going to do that if you test positive. I don't want to spread misinformation here. Sure. Theoretically, they're only going to say that if you test positive. I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree if I test positive. Right. But still, I don't want, there are some people I don't want to have access to that information. No matter yeah. how sick I am. Am I it, it, am I being a little paranoid? Maybe. Probably. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, but it's none of their business. For justifiable reasons, I am a little paranoid. Well, yeah. But the, the point is that we don't, we give away so much of our privacy without ever really thinking about it. We don't understand what can be done with that information, right? If the government decides that they want to arrest you for whatever reason, then you're an average citizen. They can listen in on your phone conversations, your text messages, your emails yeah. to find out where you're going to be and when. Right. Are you planning on going out? Where are you planning on going? That's how people communicate. Is 90% of the population in the United States or more communicates via one of those three things. Yeah. And they're pl making their plans with friends and family. So all they have to do is just check and say, okay, are they going to be home at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday night? Yeah. So 7 o'clock Tuesday night, we can go knock on their door because where you live is a matter of public record. Go knock on your door and then issue you with a warrant for your arrest and then handcuff you and bring you in. Exactly. And they know where you're going to be because your plans are public or easily attained anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Tell me that's not an invasion of your privacy, that they know that. They're not, I mean, how many times have you seen on cop shows where they, they go to arrest someone and they're not there, right? <laughs> you, I mean, yeah. that, seriously, it happens on occasion, and usually it's to demonstrate how wily and and and, and um, witty the, the criminal is. Oh, we thought he was going to be here, and he's not. Damn him. He's so, he's so evil. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the way it's portrayed in the cop shows. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it's like, hey, we're here to arrest you. Yep. Turn around, put your hands behind your back, and then they reach you the, the Miranda rights. Yeah. You know? Think think about that. Yeah. What in, like, the people that you know, the people you talk to, the people you stay in contact with the most. Like, me personally, I, I a lot of my friends are musicians, so we have a tendency to – the musician part of the world has a tendency to want people to know where they are. Exactly. Or exactly. where they're going to be at given times. Yeah. You know? Other than that, there is a certain element of fuck the man that is big in the community. So like I've had people – people have found out I work in IT and they're like, hey, how can I prevent people – how can I prevent the government from listening in on my phone conversations? Or how can I turn off the the tracing, you know, the tracking my location thing on right. my cell phone? That's a big one that I get asked. Yeah. You know, and of course I should show them, you know. Yeah. But that is just part of... You should do a YouTube video on that. Video. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not. I am not going to... I don't want people thinking I can tell them a bunch of things about their cell phones because then they ask. Yeah, that's exactly. It's like, it's like owning a pickup truck. If you own a pickup truck, you help everybody you know move because they always ask you if they if you can help them 
move. Exactly. Once they find out you're in IT, any technical problem they have, they ask you about. As soon as soon as they find out that you have a podcast where you talk about conspiracy theories, people tell you their craziest conspiracy theories. Yes. God, I hate that. Yes. I I actually laugh a lot because, like I said, I have a lot of friends who are musicians. Yeah. A lot of my musician friends, shall we say, whether it is legal or not in the domain that they live is not something I'm going to disclose, but a lot of people I know that are musicians partake of a certain herb. Exactly. So some of their theories are really, really out there. It would be and just, it would just, it would be entertaining just to put a microphone in front of their faces to see, to hear what they have to say. Um, and- towards, the, towards, you know, in the middle part of the gig, we're okay to be drunk slash high, you know, because you don't have to drive for another hour or two. Right. That's when you stick a microphone in their face and they're like, fuck the man. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that shit. And no. Did you know? Yeah. Did you know that they can actually read your thoughts? They've got these these parabolic antennas and i swear to god this is a conversation they've got these parabolic antennas and you know the brain produces alpha waves they can read those alpha waves now with these laser antennas man i'm like holy shit you literally are part of the tinfoil hat brigade there you go my my favorite a nice fedora (laughs) my favorite one my favorite one is when people say that I have to watch this YouTube video that proves that the that the uh, Apollo 11 lunar landing was faked. And the thing is, is, is that, okay, I'm a huge space buff. I was born on the same week as men landed on the moon and returned home, okay? Yep. The uh, Apollo 11 m- lunar landing is a part of my life. It's a part of my heritage. It is actually my heritage. Because people used to make jokes about how, uh, like, I'm the moon baby. Like, um, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin found me on the moon and they brought me back. <laughs> they make jokes that about that. That explains a lot about your life. That explains my, <laughs> and the, on, on my birth, on the week of my birthday, there's always something on the news. On this date in history, like three days before my birthday, there is always something about the, the lunar landing. Always. This day in they, this day in history, the, I, the blah blah blah. It's a huge part of my life. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm such an, an enthusiast for space exploration. It's a part of my life. It's who I am, and I have read so much on this event. You would think that I, eventually I would have caught on to the fact. Oh my God, it's faked! It's faked! <laughs> I can't think of anybody who has read more. On... Well, hold on. And you're a conspiracy theorist. And so... I'm a conspiracy theorist. Uh, uh, yeah. You mean just? You mean just now? Just now you're figuring? Uh, oh, it's 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 it was a hoax. Oh my goodness! You would have been dealing. With, you've been dealing with conspiracy theories since your twenties. I know because I've known you since your twenties. Exactly. So, conspiracy. In, in all fact. that time, you needed to watch this one video. This one to video. Find out that it was actually fake. That's funny. Oh my God! So somebody with less talented than me and with worse editing equipment and skills than I have is able to make a convincing video on how it's faked. I gotta see this. I don't think so. I I don't. Well, I mean, there's the curiosity factor. There's there's. I mean, let's face it. You know, you and I both. Someone says, "Oh, you gotta see this. This is how. This is how they prove that A B C D X Y Z." And, and there's that part of us that are like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll, yeah, I'll watch. I, I will watch it to say that I watched it. 
Um, and there, there are a lot of like great conspiracy theories about the moon that have nothing to do with the fact that the, that the moon landings were faked. In fact, they go in the absolute opposite direction. They found things that shouldn't be there, things that don't belong on the moon, on the moon. That's, yeah. you know, which is it? Or the fact that the fact that, that when they hit it with a satellite or whatever, it rang like a fucking bell. Exactly. That, that one, that interests the hell out of that me. That interests the hell out of me. But wait a minute, now, which is it? Now, were, were the moon landings faked and men have never landed on the moon or they found artifacts on the moon that don't belong there and shouldn't be there? You can't have it both ways. Right, right. Those are like the, the flat earthers. You know what I mean? The flat earthers that, that post things like, you know, we've got we've got followers all over the globe. <laughs> <laughs> but but w this is a perfect segue to the other thing that I wanted to talk about for a couple of minutes. And I and I'm going to I'm going to segue Chuck Todd into Obamagate and watch how I thread this needle, Jay. OK. All, all right. right. So this Sunday on uh, Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. And I, and I, and I literally sent this message out <clears throat> to ABC, I'm sorry, NBC News. For half the money, you could hire Jay and I to do the same show. We will do Meet the Press, okay? For half the money, but only one-eighth the embarrassment. You get a two-for-one at half the price and only one-eighth the embarrassment. We will not embarrass you as much as, as, as Chuck Todd because we will not post fake videos on the show. We will not edit things to make it look like, to change the narrative. Chuck Todd right. and company were caught editing a statement made by the attorney general to make it sound like he said, it took his quote out of context, as it were. Uh, you brought up Bill Barr. Peggy Noonan, I want you to listen to this Bill Barr answer to a question about what will history say about this. Wait till you hear this answer. Take a listen. When history looks back on this decision, how do you think it will be written? Well, history's written by the winner, so it largely depends on, on <laughs> uh, who's writing the history. I was struck, Peggy, by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the attorney general. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. He was almost admitting that, yeah, this is a, this is a political job. When history looks back on this decision, how do you think it will be written? Well, history is written by the winner, so it largely depends on, on <laughs> uh, who's writing the history. But I think a fair history would say it was a, it was a good decision because it, it upheld the rule of law. It helped. It, it upheld the standards of the Department of Justice, and it undid what was an injustice. And NBC News admitted that they made a mistake. And I and if you follow me on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle, you can you you can read what I wrote about this, and you could read the statement from NBC News. They admit the fact. That is, this was deceptive editing. And as of it's, it's May 13th, I have no idea if Chuck Todd still has a job. I don't understand why does Chuck Todd even have a job? He, right. He's a bigger babbling idiot than I am. And that's saying a lot, Jay. <laughs> well, his also, his another thing worth pointing out is Dan Rather, 
who is a much more storied anchor than Chuck Todd, got thrown out for faking documents. He got fired for faking documents. Remember? Right. He knew documents were faked. So we're talking about the the um, yeah, back during the two thousand yeah the two thousand four re-election campaign for George W uh, yeah George W Bush, and somebody had fabricated a document that quote proved that he was given special treatment to avoid service in Vietnam. Right. Only to find out that that document was written after he was out of the military, according to the typeset of the document. Right. Just, and man, then what, and, was, what was it he said? Was it, oh, what was it? oh, he said, it doesn't matter if the facts are false as long as the story's true. Exactly. He's <laughs> a fucking idiot. I I will I will say I will say that Chuck Todd has made an on-air apology. But before we go to break, I wanted to talk for a moment about something that occurred on Sunday's edition of Meet the Press. During the program, we had a soundbite from a CBS News interview with the Attorney General Bill Barr. In the bite that we aired and commented on, Mr. Barr was asked how he thinks the history of his decision to end the prosecution of the former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn will be written. Mr. Barr answered, quote, History is written by the winner, so it largely depends on who's writing the history. In the full version of the interview and transcript, he went on to say, but I think a fair history would say that it was a good decision because it held, upheld the rule of law. Now, we did not edit that out. That was not our edit. We didn't include it because we only saw the shorter of two clips that CBS did air. We should have looked at both and checked for a full transcript, a mistake that I wish we hadn't made and one that I wish I hadn't made. The second part of the attorney general's answer would have put it in the proper context. And had I seen that part of the interview, I would not have framed the conversation the way I did. And I obviously am very sorry for that mistake. We strive to do better going forward. And we'll be right back. Um, and Dan never did. He doubled down. Exactly. So, but I don't. That may be why he's got a, still got a job. I, I'm, I, but I'm going to ask again. How the hell is it that he has been caught? This this weasel has been. This is the second time NBC News has had to apologize for something stupid Chuck Todd has done, and he still has a job. I don't understand it. Well, there's certain. I don't understand the news industry anymore. I really don't. Um, it used to be that you had to have people that were trustworthy and then you stood by them is how they operated. But more and more, from my experience anyway, what I'm seeing with the news industry is that they just stand by their anchors come hell or high water. Yeah. Because you know? if, they, if they went after, if they let people go based on something that's overly partisan, which used to be a firing effect. Right. The view wouldn't exist as a show. Yeah. You know? There's no way anyone can watch The View and think that it's not extremely left-leaning. They're like, well, we've got whatever their token, quote-unquote, conservative is. Right. So it's balanced. No, it's not. There's five people on that show. One of them is the conservative. And you can tell because it's the one face that changes every, like, 18 months because they get sick and tired of being beaten down all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that little growling, I'm They're just making like making me growl. Damn it! Ah, <laughs> oh, it gets so frustrating. So this, uh, so the same day, on the same day that Chuck Todd aired this crazy video, 
where he obviously edited the attorney general's statement to say one thing when he said the exact opposite. Donald Trump went on a titter, a titter, a Twitter. <laughs> no, 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 it's still accurate. It's titter. a titter. He went, he, titter. <laughs> he went on a titter frenzy. He went on a he went on a Twitter frenzy talking about quote Obama Gate, and a lot of people are trying to figure out like what really happened with Obama Gate. And of course, Trump being Trump, you all know what happened. Yeah, um, you all know the crimes he committed. So the thing is, is that there are people who insist that even though Chuck Todd admitted to lying and posting deceptive video. People still think that what the the essence of what was said is actually true, that the attorney general actually said that, even though NBC has said, no, 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 you're right. We're sorry. We were we, we were caught lying where we, we were, were caught. You caught us. You caught we're us. Done. You caught us. Yeah, we, we're sorry. There are still people who believe that that's what the attorney general, Bob Barr, is it Bob, Bob Barr or Bill Barr? I forget. Who cares? Um, we, yeah. sh- we should, but, um, I, you know, um, there are people who still insist they, they're ignoring the apology and said, no, no, he really did say that the, tw- the, 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 the titter storm that the president had on mother's day when he really should be paying more attention to his baby mamas and paying attention to his current wife and groveling and begging for her forgiveness for all the crappy things that he's accused of doing. Um, he's going crazy over Obamagate. Now, let me just reiterate here. We're never going to know the truth about Obamagate because of the bias in this country. And I'm, I'm, I'm I'm going, and I would say, I would say biases because the people on the left are always going to deny anything. And the people on the right are always going to make the accusation. Right. We're never going to know. And to be honest with you in another Three years, it won't fucking matter in any way, shape, or form anyway. Uh, Right. The long and the short of it is, and this is a very abbreviated version of this, leading up from from January 3rd or 4th to January 19th, people within the Obama administration and the FBI were trying to figure out a way to get Donald Trump thrown out of office because he's corrupt and he's bad for the country. He's bad for America. And that somehow the election must have been stolen from Hillary. And they concocted this crazy conspiracy theory about Donald Trump colluding with the Russians. And the proof is the conversation that Michael Flynn had with either Putin or a Putin aide talking about this is going to be the agenda for our summits for the upcoming four years. This is this is what we're planning on working on. This is what we're going, this is, as part of the global community, this is what we should be working on together. And keeping in mind that he, um, Michael Flynn's son got into a little bit of trouble and General Flynn used his power and his influence to get his kid out of trouble. And they caught him red-handed doing it. And he admitted lying to the FBI in an effort to keep his kid out of trouble. Okay, all 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 of all of that. All all of that is not in question, as far as I can tell. Right. Okay. These are the facts of the case, and they are undisputed. Um. 
Mueller used the Steele dossier, which they knew was fake and they knew was bogus, to issue a FISA warrant to spy on President-elect Donald Trump to get evidence that he's colluding with Russia because his Donald Trump's violation of the Emoluments Clause in the Constitution would be far harder to prove, which means that he, he's been using the office of the President of the United States to prop up the Trump brand, as it were. Trump has been using the office of the presidency to, to make more money, to make more money for himself, to get special yeah. sweetheart deals on like, you know, Trump Tower, Trump Plaza, Moscow and all, and all parts of the world. Donald Trump wants to have like Trump Plaza or Trump um, Tower on in every major city on every major continent all over the world. Right. And the moon, if he can do it. I'm talking to NASA right now. <laughs> right now, we're going to have Trump Plaza on the moon. Does that not sound? That sounds out of this world. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? It's going to be the greatest casino off this planet. I'm telling you this right now. And, and in the meantime, they're all squabbling about his tax returns to find right, out and, if he actually has money. And, and, oh, and, and, and by the way, his tax returns, that's fair game, Jay. That's, no, I understand that. Right. And I'm not disputing. What I'm saying is, what is the point? Because the point of getting his tax returns are to say, you don't have as much money as you think you do. Exactly. How fucking petty is that? That's pretty petty. Because what I want to know is, is, did he pay his taxes? If he paid his taxes, I don't give a fuck. I don't care anymore. And no one's disputing whether he paid his taxes or not. They're, I don't care. All they're saying is, he doesn't, he doesn't have as much money as he claims he does. Right. What, what, so someone involved in politics is lying? Shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Because... Because apparently their thought process is that Republicans are not going to care if he's using the office of of president to line his own pockets. Republicans don't care about that, but they do care right, about the collusion. Man. But they do care about collusion with Russia. If he's a Russian asset or a Russian spy, then Republicans are going to go crazy and drag his ass out of office for us. Right. So they concocted this this Russia Gate thing, and if you if you read the Mueller report that was released, I think it was I think it's been a year from now. Yeah, Russia's been using social media to influence the election in a way that suits them best. But the Trump campaign right. is yes. like the gang who couldn't shoot straight. Eric and Donald Trump Jr. just weren't bright enough to connect the dots and say, "Hey, Russia wants to." Russia wants to help us take over the world. Hey, sounds great. Let's hey, let let's let's conspire with the Russians. See, now that's that's the thing that kind of kills me, right? Cuz wasn't it didn't they catch Obama talking to one of Putin's top Putin aides himself, you know, one of his mic. aides saying after the election in, in I'll have more mic. after yeah. the election I'll have more leeway. Sure. And now they're saying that Putin wanted Trump. And it's like, okay, well which is it? What whatever. What, you know, what, is, whatever fits your narrative on today. One, we actually we have the actual sitting president at the time saying he wanted to work with Russia on a hot mic moment. That right. Everyone right. And on the other hand, you've got a guy who's saying I never worked with him, but he probably did. Sure. You know, I mean, at this point, does, what does it matter? If anything, we should as Americans, we should all be standing up and going, you're both fucking corrupt. Oh, they're all. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But now the narrative is people have it in their head that if you speak out against Biden or Clinton 
or the Obamas, you're obviously a Russian bot. I have a huge problem with Barack Obama on track for being a billionaire and having three homes, having a having bought a multi-million dollar home. What is it, Martha's Vineyard? Well, there are people yeah. out there who are not able to afford to pay their mortgage, send their kids off to school, and put food on the table. Yeah. Here's here's a the back. irony is Obama probably has more money than Trump now. Probably with all the speaking engagements. The minute yep. that you bring up the pay-to-play deal that allegedly Hillary Clinton had where she would say, if you donate to the Clinton Foundation, we'll make things go your way through my office as Secretary of State. No, liberals don't care about that. No. I mean, and, and they don't because no one cares about the corruption on their own side. They only care about the corruption on the other side. That's a part of human nature, Jay. I disagree. I think it's bullshit. I think if you honestly care about the country and and the state of the country, the state of the economy and all that shit, you care about who is corrupt and who isn't. And yes, I realize that that means most people in Congress would not have a job after the following election, but that's the way it should be. You should care about are they corrupt or aren't they corrupt. You can't excuse corruption on your own side and then bitch about the corruption on the other side. You have to keep your own house clean. It's that goes back to that old saw about those in glass houses should not throw stones. And that's what we mean. If your people are corrupt, you can't say, look how corrupt they are. Well, your people are just as corrupt. Yeah, but they're more corrupt. Mm. You really want to split hairs on that? Yeah. Again, going back to the, the whole idea that all of our Congress people should wear jackets that feature the patches of the companies that are supporting them. And the bigger the patch that they wear, the more money they're getting from that company. At least we know who their corporate sponsors are. We are practically living in a corporatocracy right now. Oh, absolutely. And I think everyone kind of knows it, but no one wants to really talk about it. But we absolutely are. You know, it doesn't it, it's not whether or not your congressperson is corrupt. As long as they're not corrupted by the wrong people. Exactly. And they, they, you if know? you're going to be corrupt, be corrupt for the right reasons. Right. Take money you from know? large corporations to finance your campaign so you can do the right things when you're finally in right. office. Like, Barbara Boxer and Nancy Pelosi have she would have huge huge patches on their backs stating that they're that they're from the anti-gun I forget what it is uh, the Bloomberg's one of yeah Bloomberg's well, yeah things, you know they would have these huge badges on their backs saying yes we want to take your guns sure and I wish they would be honest about it just be just be honest who's paying you no actually I take that back because they are honest about it. They are honest that they want to take guns. They, Barbara Boxer and Nancy Pelosi have both been on record as saying, if I could take every gun out of the hands of a private citizen, I would. Yeah. Both of them are on record for that. And when you say that, they're like, but who are they? Who are Barbara Boxer and Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. You know, and, and it, it just, yeah, but they're not the people in charge. She, but uh, 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 do but you they, not pay attention to politics? No. That's and but that's the thing. And people I mean, now the die has been cast. Any any criticism of Obama, Biden, or the Clintons, or any Democrat like Nancy Pelosi, you're a Russian bot. That's how they spin it. And that and that's well, that's how they try and spin it. That's how they try and spin it. Yeah. And the thing is is that obviously if you have any criticism of these quote good people, you're obviously a Russian bot. 
And that is the end. That's the death of conversation. I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not afraid to say this. I think that everybody who have been involved with the Obamas and the Clintons and the Trumps and the Bushes that helped them get ahead are not good people because right now we're dealing with a crisis and basically people are being ignored and forgotten. People are not going to be able to pay their rent. They're not going to pay their mortgages. They're not going to be able to put food on the table. They're not going to be able to take care of the bare necessities because their unemployment insurance is going to run out or the loan that they took out of their 401k is going to run out. People are not going to, there are going to be people who are eventually going to become sick and homeless and hungry. Well, meanwhile, Barack Obama is jetting back and forth between one of his three or two homes. I'm not sure which, who gives it, who cares? Barack Obama is living in the lap of luxury, getting paid to give talks and speeches. And, and, and he has, he's an executive producer on specials on, on Netflix. Jeff Bezos makes 200,000. Well, hold on, hold yeah. on. He's, he's an executive producer on specials on Netflix about his wife and the deification of his wife. And don't you dare tell me that it has nothing to do with the fact that she's going to be running for some sort of office within the next three to five years. I, I'm sure. We should look that up on Google. How many homes do the Obamas own? I don't really care. Honestly, I don't. But but you 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 see for yourself on late night television where Nancy Pelosi is eating pints of ice cream that, you know, $16 a pint, a yeah. pint ice cream in these four $40,000 refrigerators in her posh estate in the San Francisco region. Well, people are in a panic wondering how are they going to be able to take care of their families if they can't go to work because of this pandemic lockdown. Right. That's scary and that's terrifying. Yeah, but she's a person of the, of the little guy. There. She's, she's, you know, she's salt of the earth there. I'll she's, take your word for it. Aren't you listening to what they're saying? Oh, I'm sure, I what certainly am. What the hell's am. wrong with you? I, I, I monitor it for this podcast, Jay. <laughs> yeah, it, that's, but that's just it. That's the hypocrisy, right? There's hypocrisies you have to have when you're a liberal. There's hypocrisies you have to have when you're a conservative. You, you just have to, right? Yeah. You can't think that the people on the right are don't – that care about the little guy – when they're passing laws that help out big businesses. Yeah. That's a hypocrisy that you have on the conservative side. Hypocrisy on the left is that you can't say that they're for the little that your politicians are for the little guy when they live in multi multiple hundred thousand dollar homes at the very least. Right. I don't think there's a single person in Congress who doesn't have at least two homes. And you can't possibly think they understand what the little person is going through. Another fine example is when Bernie Sanders bought that third home shortly after giving up the, the, the primary and essentially surrendering to the Clintons. It, that's just a message that he was bought off. His ass was bought and paid for by somebody. And he was rewarded oh, yeah. for dropping out and, and giving Hillary Clinton an easy path to the nomination. And they still lost. Right. When, when you see... When you see public servants living in the lap of luxury with multiple houses, 
I can un- I can understand that if you're a senator or a congressman and you have one house or one apartment or one condo in Washington and you have your home in your home state, I understand that part. Right, right. That that I get. That I understand. But if you have three or four homes or five or six homes like Mitt Romney and they're supposed to be public servants. All right. So this is where I'm going to exercise my own hypocrisy. Mitt Romney became a public servant after he made millions of dollars in the private sector. I'm not going to begrudge him or really anyone who was wealthy before they became a public servant. Just because you decided to run for Congress doesn't mean you have to sell your a bunch of houses that you own or a bunch of property and start living like a pauper. So that's my own hypocrisy. I'm going to fucking own it. All right? yep. If you made millions before you went into public life, by all means, go for it. Mitt Romney, to my knowledge, has not accepted a dime of pay from the government. He didn't do it when he was governor of Massachusetts, and he hasn't done it as a senator in Utah. And I wish the guy would stop following me around. But the truth of the matter is you have people like Nancy Pelosi, who started off as not terribly wealthy, who are now multimillionaires. That I have a problem with. If you had your money before you started, good for you. Well done. Congratulations. I'm glad you're trying to give something back if that's the way you want to think what, of what you're do, doing. But if you started off as someone just a schmuck on the street like everyone else, and now you have multi-million dollar homes, you've been abusing the power of your position. And that's where I'm keeping an eye on Andrea Ocasio-Cortez. This woman was a cocktail wait, was a She was a, she was a college a gr- waitress. She was a cocktail. Grad, but she, yep. She was a college grad, college she, educated. Um Working as a cocktail waitress while looking for another job. and Right. And then decided she was going to Congress and actually fucking made it. What is her net worth now? Now, Congress critters get paid over $100,000. I don't know exactly how much it is right now. But I know they get paid over $100,000. So naturally, there's going to be a bump in her her value, her net worth um, because of that can't go from making $35,000 a year to $135,000 a year without your net worth bumping. Sure, of course. That I would love to see. Sure. But if she gets reelected, or I should say when she gets reelected, because chances are she will. Well, but, uh, from what I understand, she's There's having a really hard time. chance as a congressperson. Apparent, well, you, apparently from what I understand, that, yeah. They say that, but 75% if you're in Congress, if you're in the House of Representatives, there's a 75% chance you're going to get reelected. Right. Period. So she's having a hard time, so her chances are probably closer to 70 or 60%. Right. Still, really good chance she's just going to get reelected. Really, really good chance of that. You know? So what I want to see is how is her net worth going to go up after re-election? Yeah. You know, is she going to go from having a net worth of, you know, I don't know, $40,000 a year, $40,000 as a cocktail waitress to $700,000 a year as a congressperson? Yeah, because the longer she's in Congress, the more that net worth is probably going to go up. Yep. And how is that acceptable to people? I how? expect a, like I said, I expect a bump. I really do. But if it goes, if her, if her net worth goes up too much, then you start scratch, scratching your head. That, and I'm not blaming her. That does I'm really. Not. That does bother me. That sincerely, it, it, me. it sincerely bothers me. I don't care if it's a Democrat or Republican. When you see these people ig- ignore genuine problems that people have. I sent you a, a couple of links to news stories about 
factories closing forever here in the United States because they cannot keep yeah. the doors open. They cannot keep paying people. Um, like the uh, the Lennox factory, the Lennox China factory here in the United States, in the Northeast region, is closing its doors forever. There's going to stop manufacturing here in the United States because it's just too expensive. Yeah. Because of foreign competition and the pandemic shutdown the the forced quarantines yeah many i think caterpillar is closing in another factory here in the united states never to reopen and they're sending jobs i believe to mexico i might be wrong no i heard mexico too and we have our elected elected officials living in the lap of luxury while at the same time they're passing or they're trying to pass these laws like HR 6666 that is essentially a, a, a new surveillance act, new surveillance tools, more funds to track people where they're going under the guise of controlling the pandemic. That's terrifying to me and it should be terrifying to you. Now they're, ex now they're exploiting the pandemic. Right, for political gain. And that doesn't... And it, it, that should bother people. Yeah, it should bother everyone. I mean, we're talking about unemployment rates comparable to the Great Depression. We are, if this continues, by the end of the year, we will be in a depression, not a recession. And Because ever, everyone poo-poos a recession. We've been in a recession since as long as I can fucking remember. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like in New England, they say, well, we're in a drought. Well, you know what? There's, the, the lawn's green, and I haven't had to water it. So I don't think we're in a drought. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... I lived in New England. I grew up in New England. And ever since I've been born, they've been saying, we're in a drought. Then I move out here to Utah. You know what Utah is? A fucking desert. People <laughs> in New England have no idea what a fucking drought is. I can guarantee you that. They have no clue. So I also don't think we understand what it's like to be in a depression state. We really don't. We have no idea. Because the only people who remember the Depression yeah. are all of the age where they're passing on. They don't remember. Well, they tell stories. They, rem they remember. Well, well, no, we uh, we don't. We we they don't remember them. We don't. Right. We don't remember them. Right. You and I, you know, people our age, we don't remember them. So yeah, I mean, I think it's easy for us to kind of poo-poo those sorts of things. Yeah. Um. It's just it's. It's a difficult thing for us to understand the impact that that will have on our lives. I don't think we do. No. I don't think I don't think we as a generation, you and I, our generation, I don't think we understand what living in a depression is going to be like. No. And we're sort of like treading over the ground that we covered last week, but I think yeah. I think that what's happening uh is that there's a serious division here in this country right along party lines, party identity. Identity politics is what's driving the division between all of us. And I think it's people like us who look at what's going on and say, this is nonsense. This is bull. This is bull. And I don't believe everything that the media tells us. I don't believe that we're being told the truth about what's going on with the coronavirus. I don't, I, it, and like we, like I had said in the past couple of episodes, I think that it's either far worse than what they're telling us 
or that this is just a big, huge exercise and a power grab to see how much that they can get away with before we snap. I, I, I truly believe that. Well, the thing is, is freedoms lost are very difficult to gain back. Right. Um, and I, I, I agree to an extent with what you're saying. I think this is a huge grab. I think, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I think this is a power grab that's being driven by the UN. Yeah. There's been a lot of hay made by Trump and by his supporters and, and by people who aren't Trump supporters. Why the fuck are we involved with the UN if all they ever do is treat us like shit and blame us for everything? And I think this is the UN trying to say, America, you need us. And I think this is a bit of a flexing of the muscles by the UN yeah. to some extent. Um, it's also, though, there are, honestly, there are people in the United States government who are looking at this as a power grab as well, you know, to expand the powers of the federal government. I just, I, that's what I think this is all about. I don't think it, I don't think they really give a shit about the numbers of people that are dying unless it helps prove their point. I don't think they really care. You know, I mean, that's, that's a hard thing and a harsh thing to say, but I honestly believe that. I don't think, I don't think anyone in the government really gives a shit about how anyone is being impacted by COVID-19 unless it helps them in some way with their own political point. Yeah. I really don't. Because people have this illusion that everything would be wonderful and terrific. We'd be living in a utopia. If only the right people had supreme authority to do the right thing. Yeah. And whether it's Republicans or Democrats, it doesn't matter. The idea that somehow we need to surrender supreme authority to a centralized government and that people are okay with that, I find really disturbing. I find it really disturbing that there are people out there who think that Ocasio-Cortez has all the answers to the meaning of life and and how we can be living in a better society. I have a really hard time. Ocasio-Cortez has a better idea of what it means to be a, a free person and knows what it's like to live a full life the same way I do. She's like, she's what, in her 20s, maybe early 30s? And somehow because oh, she, now you're being ageist, now, now I'm being, being ageist. ageist. I don't th- I don't think that she really knows exactly what she's talking about, but I don't. That's well, OK. I don't think Trump does. either. I don't think, I don't think Nancy Pelosi does. No. Either. And, and the thing I don't is, think anyone does. You look at these people who get into government to change things and turn things right side up and, and, and inside out or outside in. I'm not I'm not you know, you know what I mean? You look yeah. at people, you look at people like Ocasio-Cortez who goes into Washington with all this piss and vinegar about about changing society for the better and and butting heads with Nancy Pelosi and returning the power of the government back to the people. Two years later, she's calling Nancy Pelosi mother um, mama bear and sticking up for her. And she is, is right in line with the um, the deep state's agenda. She's she's never she's never met a bill she hasn't liked. She will filibuster and talk about how this bill is wrong. This bill is a giveaway to the Republican Party and the deep state. And then she'll vote for it after she said that this is a horrible bill and we shouldn't be voting for it. 
like like right. like two or three make up your mind make up you know the last two or three bills um relief bills whereas like these are like corporate giveaways and that they're horrible we should not be giving money away to corporations who pissed away their profits for the past couple of years and didn't save for a rainy day and then turn around and vote for the same bill that she disparaged right that's crazy yeah yeah it is but it's <clears throat> politics man that's the way that's the way they roll yeah um you know i mean it's just it's it's ridiculous and it's also ridiculous that we, as people, as a society, accept it. We accept it. We accept that our politicians are going to bitch and moan about one thing and then follow through and do something completely different. Sure. We accept that. Why do we accept that? There's no accountability. Nobody is going to say to their politicians, why did you stand up on the floor and say this is a horrible bill that we shouldn't be voting for? And then you turned around and voted for it. I would go a step further and say they accept it because they have no idea. They see him on the news standing up and railing against something, and they think, that's my person. And then they don't realize that on the follow-through, they're voting for it in the end. They don't know that. That's some scary stuff. Oh, they wouldn't do that. Because we're never, ever going to get to the bottom of what really happened with, quote, Obamagate. We're never going to know the truth and come to a consensus. Nobody is going to agree about what actually happened during the last month of Obama's administration and how they tried to handicap Donald Trump because the media is not going to tell us the truth. And you know something, though, to be honest, I part of me doesn't give a fuck. We're never going to know. Fine. Then stop investigating it. If we're never going to know, what's the point of the investigation? An investigation is to find facts. If we're never going to find facts, let's not waste time, energy, and money conducting the investigation. And we all know we're never going to find out the truth. So why are the fuck are we investigating? It's so that someone somewhere can say, see, I was right. Yeah. That's why we're blowing millions of dollars, wasting a bunch of time, wasting a bunch of money. And by the way, did you see the price tag that was attached with HR 6666? I had it on my screen a second ago. It's like $100 billion. $100 billion. When you and I were children, that was the budget for the government. And now that's attached to a single bill. The government doesn't care. They're spending fucking money like it's water falling from the goddamn sky. Yep. They're spending $100 billion on a single bill. And you and I both know that's been in Congress for 13 days, so now it's higher than that because of shit that's going to get tacked onto it. Oh, There's sure. There's no way this is passing with $100 billion. The, ri- the riders and pork. The riders and pork. Oh, yeah. The riders and pork are going to hit it. By the time this actually passes, if it passes, it'll be easily a quarter trillion dollars. Easily. If not more than that. And where's that money coming from when unemployment is at, what, 15% now, 16%? It, where's uh, that money going to come from? I'm gonna look, I gotta I gotta find out current unemployment rate fourteen point seven percent according to Forbes yeah. magazine Bureau of Labor Statistics as of May tenth unemployment is at fourteen point seven percent where the fuck are they gonna get that hundred billion dollars of new spending gonna- now the people on the left are gonna say take it out of the defense budget. You know, and and the people on the right are going to be like, take it out of the welfare programs. Truth of the matter is, it's a hundred billion dollars we don't fucking have. 
because we we just printed a couple of trillion dollars in fiat currency to pay for yeah, which, the, the which is useless the two or three other uh pork bills ba- yeah, bailout pork yeah relief packages which ran out of money already yeah it's all bullshit it is all of it is utter bullshit there is nothing that is going on right now that is anything other than political posturing and utter bullshit. Yeah. No one gives a fuck that people are dying from COVID-19. The government doesn't care. You you and I have said, has each said, that this doesn't affect very a large percentage of the population. They're going to get sick and they're going to get better. So why the hell are we tanking our, our economy? Who's benefiting from this? Dog's barking in the background. He's trying to say that he cares. He cares. My cats are meowing in the background, too. They care. They're cats. They care. No, they don't. My cats are meowing because they want me to feed them. They're cats. Come on. They don't care. (laughs) But that's this is these are the things that annoy the shit out of me. Right? Because you've got people out there who are like really genuinely worried and afraid that they're going to die. Some of them have an actual reason for being worried that they're going to die of this virus. And what's the response we get from our government on it? Pork. Oh, sure. I won't vote for this unless you have some provision in this bill. Right. I'm not going to vote for this unless it's going to help out my constituents so I can go back to them and say I gave them free money. It's bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. Now let me tell you let me tell you what I really think. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just it it gets so frustrating. I'm watching our economy die. Yeah. I'm lucky enough that I still have a fucking job. Yeah. But I can tell you from where I'm sitting right now, according to that 15% unemployment rate, I am sitting in an apartment building right now. There's an apartment above me. There's apartment kitty corner Jimmy uh, yeah. above me, one right next to me, one kitty corner below me, one directly below me, and there's six more on the other side of the building. Yeah. According to that 15%, assuming, because each one of these apartments is a three-bedroom apartment, right? So that's three times, what, 12? That's 36 people. At least one person in one of those bedrooms is on unemployment right now because that's how they measure unemployment rates. It's not who doesn't have a job. It's who's on unemployment. Neither of my kids are working. One's turning 20 in a few days. She doesn't have a job. She's looking for a job. But she's not collecting unemployment right now. So she's not part of that 14.7%. So she doesn't count. My son's turning 18 in less than a month or just a little more than a month. What is there going to be for him, for a job, for a future when after he leaves high school? Yeah. My son's going to be going to college, hopefully, if college exists, in September, theoretically. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi is on late-night television talking about how she's eating this wonderful ice cream out of her expensive freezer, and that's how she's able to get through uh, this pandemic. Yeah, she has a a freezer that's worth more than... that's worth almost as much as my daughter's car. The freezer is worth more money than what I make in a single year at this second yeah. full-time job that I have. So this was a lot of fun, Jay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think that the one consensus that you and I have is that um, 
uh, we're never going to know the truth about Obama's involvement um, and, quote, Obamagate, because the mainstream media is not going to report accurately on what's going on. Um, and we're not going to know how awful and how dreadful it, uh, um, the trace bill or trace law is going to be until it's finally enacted. So, um, great show. Great show. A little dark, but that's what people have come to expect <laughs> from us. And I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Bye, pal. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renderking Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>